Hi, welcome to Sweetman Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Simon Sweetman, and this one is a conversation I recorded a few months ago, towards the start of this year. Uh, it is a conversation with a musician called Miles Golding. He is a classical violinist. He lives in England. He was visiting New Zealand, and uh, he and I have been uh, corresponding over the years, so I wanted to get his story. Um, you may or may not know this, but he was an original member of Split Ends. In fact, he was in the band when they were called Split Ends E-N-D-S. Uh, he was a folk violinist, and uh, they were kind of a folky jug band, um, band, you know, formed around Tim Finn and Phil Judd's songwriting. But the rest of the band, it was very, very folky, very late 60s, early 70s. I think Miles always felt like a bit of a fraud in that lineup. He, he, he wasn't a folk musician. He was studying to be a classical musician. And he made the tricky decision of leaving the band uh, really before, before they'd released their debut album. Um, and he moved to England and continued his classical studies and has played in orchestras all around the world. He did actually record and, um, and appear on some of the Split Ends material when the band went to England. And he has, in recent years, reconnected with Phil Judd and played on his solo records. He was also on the 2008 Tim Finn album, The Conversation, which I think is Tim's probably Tim's best album. Um, so he's remained in touch with with the guys from the ends he's remained a fan uh, and so we talked a lot about split ends but we talked about his life and the music that he has made and contributed to he's uh, played in small combo chamber groups large symphony orchestras he's done soundtrack record recording work appeared on you know sessions for people pop songs an amazing life as a as a professional musician and uh, he was very much the scholar and gent that I was expecting to meet was a real thrill to have him in the house to um, to chat about all things split ends and other. I hope you enjoyed this. This is my conversation with Miles Golden. You were born in Australia, right? Yes. And 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 what? And then you went to England pretty early on. Yeah, my dad he was a naval officer uh, and um, married a Kiwi girl, although born born in, in Stratford, of a Kiwi dad um, and an English mum. Um, uh, my, it wasn't a good marriage. One of these First World War, you know, First World War brides, mm. she was, and um, she was blown, blown off her feet by this handsome, rugged Kiwi soldier who somehow survived Gallipoli and Egypt um, and was sent home with his bride in tow to Stratford, rural Stratford, um, big family of Kiwi lads, um, and hated it. She just uh, mm. hated it and hated and everything about New Zealand um, and the marriage founded uh, and my mum went at the age of five I think she was she was dragged back to Bristol by her mum and she grew up there not a very happy upbringing um, and sort of uh, escaped as it were um, to found herself in Cambridge where she met my dad who was on leave um, uh, you know a, a sweet natured um, uh, naval naval officer, smart, well turned out, mm. um, bright, uh, decent, loving, and um, they got married. Uh, had my older brother, um, still a bit going away on on uh, you know various naval um, different naval ships. Mm. They were in Malta for a bit. Uh, in fact, Derek was nearly born there, I think, but they he was born back in the UK. Um, 
and then sent to Sydney on secondment to the Royal Australian Navy uh, for just a couple of years, I think. Mm. I think Mum went there when uh, she was pregnant. They travelled out there, uh, and then fetched back by the by the RN to near Portsmouth, where um, we lived in uh, just up the hill above Cosham. Um, no musical. Uh, I can't remember anything about music. Mm. Uh, I read voraciously the newspaper, um, which probably explains why I've always been good at spelling. Um, you know, I used to read these, what about Marshall Bulgarin mm. and, uh, mm. <laughs> all those years ago, <laughs> Russia, whatever Russian crisis was happening then, Cold War, I suppose we were in the throes of the Cold War then. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, a little kid went to kindy, uh, still got my old, I was looking at my old um, Boundary Oak School reports. Um, yeah, I did all right. But then they decided Dad was uh, retired. Um, from the Royal Navy, a lot of them were sort of surplus to requirements, you know, in the uh, early 50s, mid 50s, and they decided that New Zealand was a great place, looking for qualified people, um, such as, uh, you know, my dad, uh, and half of my mum's family were out there. Her dad was there with a new partner, um, not spoken of as mm -hmm. grandma, mm. Auntie Vi she was, mm. um, when we eventually met her. And my, uh, my mother's two uncles, um, Bruce and Peter, with their young families. So off we went, six weeks on the, on the Southern Cross, uh, um, the Shaw Savile Line. Fantastic adventure for, a, how old was I, seven, eight. Mm. Um, and on the way, here's the, where the music started, there was a violinist called Christopher Kimber who used to practice in his cabin. Um, and myself and another young lad, um, we mucked about and uh, on the ship, had the run of the ship just about. Um, and uh, we used to sort of lend an ear outside his cabin when he practiced. Something must have caught the, caught the ear, my ear, uh, when the chance, once we settled in New Zealand, we were in um, Heritonga then, um, heard about violin lessons, Saturday morning violin lessons at Nine Eye College. Uh, so my brother and I hopped on the unit uh, and had Saturday morning violin. It's Tudor Day Book One. Mm. And that's how it started. Wow. Uh, and yeah, I was just saying, this is an instrument you've been with ever since. Yes. So, so did it take, I mean, I know it did eventually, but it wasn't a case of those first lessons, there was frustration and I'm not going to do that. Did you give it up or did you no. just, did you just carry it on through? No, it was, well, yeah. it seems I was a natural, Yeah. but my dear brother, um, <laughs> he could see this and yeah. he was a bit, he, I don't know, stiff or, <laughs> yeah. or he didn't take to it so naturally. Mm, he mm. tried his damnedest, but it. You know, mm. he's the first to admit it. I was way better than him. Mm. You know, I could just breeze my way through whatever the songs were, you know, row, row, row your boat. And before I knew it, I was with a private, you know, having private, le mm. yeah, private lessons. Um, and, uh, yeah, doing exams and playing things like the um, Fiocco, uh, what's his name? Um, it's, it's a standard sort of mm. early, mm. early Allegro by uh, Fiocco. Um, uh, and by then I was at Wellesley College, and here was this. I wasn't exactly a whiz kid, but um, you were there weren't many other violinists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I remember getting up in assembly and just rattling through this piece. Yeah, and it all came so it just came very easily. And was the focus 
almost entirely classical music early on. Yeah. That was the training and that oh, was the focus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, my brother, he was into the, the all the pop stuff. Mm. Um, um, very much. That was a li- few, one or two years later, mm. uh, later a, few, a few years on, uh, Bob Dylan, he was a big Dylan fan. Mm. Um, uh, and, you know, I used to listen to, I got interested a bit later to... Um, uh, uh, not so much the Beatles, I'm sad to say. God knows why, because they're so good. I was um, talking to them, mentioning them today as fantastic songwriters, up, mm. uh, having just been up at Wellington College, mm. chatting to the, the youngsters there. Um, uh, yeah, so, yeah, classical training, it was, it was great, the great, plugging through the great exams, yeah. um, taught by dear old Zilla Castle, um, who... Well, she she meant well. I don't want to disparage her, but <laughs> she um, she was in a different world. Mm. She hadn't, you know, gone through the professional. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, you know, she tootled away on recorders and with her brother and her sister, um, and had a fantastic collection of early instruments. Mm. Um, but it was um, she wasn't uh, she she wasn't right up there as, as a really pushing me through my technique mm, mm. we just plugged gradually plugged plugged my way through grade five you know grade six grade seven and uh and so i was par- just paraded a little bit as a mm. as a star pupil so, so where do you get the training to back up the skills that you're amassing like where do you you know when did um well it started once um, I started secondary school, I think, yeah, it must have been in Wellington, joined Wellington Youth Orchestra. Mm. And I think on my funny old amateur website, I, you know, as you do, mm. my, uh, about me, I think. So I just, but it's, I feel so, I was telling the staff up at Wellington College just now how fantastic it is to be back here, just driving Entering, coming down the the mm. gorge, and seeing Wellington Harbour, mm. it, it you know brought a lump to my throat. I bet, I bet. Because um, you went right through school and yeah, early university. Yeah, in, sort of in those years really. here in Wellington. Roseneath. Yeah. I used to almost you know just see almost touch the DC threes and mm. the, and the Fokker friendships mm. and what were the Viscounts or something coming and taking off. F- saw the windows flexing in the gales, mm. northerly or the southerly gales. I used to cycle down. Wagetown Hill, skidding on the tram lines to Wellington College and back. Um, and, and that's the time, um, yeah, so Wellington Youth Orchestra, fantastic. Grade, one of the good things about the graded people are a bit scornful of the graded music mm. exams and things. But you do learn a lot and you still have to do, have to do uh, grade five theory mm. to progress, grade six and beyond. So I did my grade five theory um, which I still love teaching, by the way. It's mm. fantastic. My pupil of mine just, I was proud to um, help him get 98 for it's grade five. Mm. It's fun, you know, it's lovely. Everyone should do it. Uh, and little aside, it's funny. I, Phil and Tim, the, mm. the um, associations we've had in the last few years, mm. uh, I, you know, they still say, oh, you know, that. Uh, uh, we're in some key, uh, E flat or something. Um, 
or no, it might be F sharp. And there's a they say, oh, that B flat. I said, that's not B flat. It's A sharp. <laughs> so we still <laughs> take the piss out. Of that. Yeah, <laughs> and, no, it can't be, can't be a, a B flat. It's got to be an A sharp. <laughs> Or, so, or an E sharp, an E sharp <laughs> at the bottom of the uh, bass guard. No, that's mm. F. <laughs> so I mean, you've you've dedicated your life to this single instrument. Yeah. Uh, what other instruments have you picked up any proficiency on, or or tried to and disbanded along the way, or has it been a single focus? Well, up till quite recently, and I sort of regret it. I wish I'd had learnt piano. Mm. Side by side, yeah, because it's a fantastic you know, harmony instrument. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Whether it's guitar, guitar's wonderful. Mm. All my kids mm. play; they're cut very comfortable on guitar, and they find their way around the frets and mm. stuff. And it's just wonderful. You've still got the old family guitar hanging around on the sofa, you know. Mm, mm. And whenever any of the boys are visiting, they just grab it. They, it's an instinctive thing. Yeah, yeah. And then another one go and grab another guitar, and off they go. Which is something I never did some uh, and that's what phil and tim mm. they it was all up uh, by ear they mm. don't they don't, I don't i don't think tim reads phil certainly doesn't mm. um uh, we, we can come to that a bit later that mm, that, mm, that, mm. that difference um uh, but yeah uh learning theory back to where yeah my influences um pushing me musically wellington youth orchestra chamber music we at 65 um, somebody had a, the bright idea, I suppose. It, it was. It was a real eye-opener for me. While I... It was just before National Youth Orchestra, but already in Wellington Youth Orchestra, I was learning, gosh, there's a whole world out here beyond Fiocco's Allegro, mm. Beethoven Symphonies. Mm. You had one on just as we yeah, came yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, And, God, I loved them to bits. Yeah. Uh, and that world of those... That it's starter kit stuff, isn't it, in a way? Oh. Like... Like it's how I had it described to me the 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 Beethoven symphonies. You know, if you're if you're wondering about classical music for want of a term, yeah. and you're wondering where to start, you could do a lot worse than starting with getting your head around the Beethoven symphonies. Yeah. It's you know it, it it's it's it'll see you right. Like yeah. it'll 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 really introduce you to the world. Well, yes, um, because he uh, along with Haydn mm. and Mozart, mm. um, they had that. Fantastic pedigree from Bach, mm. old Bach as he was known. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, but there was some spark in the in the social framework at the time. There was Age of Enlightenment, mm -hmm. I guess, mm. exploring. And Haydn was lucky enough to um, have a patron who indulged him. And he, as in his own words, he could experiment. Mm. And boy, and Beethoven picked up on that. Um, and that's, the, as you say, the great thing about the Beethoven symphonies, they've got an underlying classical structure. Yeah, yeah. But, God, does he push this. Yes. Does he revolutionise? It's, it's kind of like um, reading a really excitingly worded textbook. You know, it's got all the elements, all the components of, you know, if you, when you're reading a boring textbook that you know you have to read because yeah. it's teaching you the fundamentals or something. But when it's well written... When it, you know there's an excitement to it, a punch. Yeah, that's what I think happens listening to the Beethoven symphonies. Yeah, it's you hear, yeah, you hear sort of all the main instruments, and you you hear the kind of the great understanding of arranging and layering. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, layering, uh, architecture. Yes. Um, Colour, mm. texture, all mm. that sort of thing. And that's just thinking thinking to, about Phil. 
when for a long time um, we brought, he brought this up just um, when was I there three weeks ago uh, he, he used to until well, 20 years you have to ask him 20 years ago or something he would always go maybe when he could afford it um, he would go to the, the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra concerts um, mainly those mm. I don't know if he did op operas uh, I think mostly orchestral concerts and he picked I, I think he picked up he couldn't explain what it was but mm. I hear textures and sounds mm. and things that um, he just absorbed by osmosis mm. uh, you hear sometimes what's that one of the songs it, oh what the hell is it called I was listening to it the other day um, it starts it's quite a short song quite simple and it's got thick rich string like low down mm. uh Low string textures. Um, where does that come from? Yeah, he's oh, well, he's got that in his pop songwriting too. The, yeah. the the fact that he's a a sort of an outsider that knows the inside of a pop song structure yeah. somehow. Yeah. Through, you know, through some listening to things like the Kinks and you know, yeah. you know, I know some of the Beatles. I know the things that he was listening to at some point, but then it's like he just picked it up and ran with it. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so getting back influences, um, mm. National Youth Orchestra, oh yeah, we were going to talk about chamber music, mm. that came, school's chamber music contest, the first one that they held in 65, three Wellington College lads, myself on violin, Mark Jackson cello, who came from a strong musical pedigree, uh, professional mus musician mm. parents, um, and Chris Beckett, not... Uh, musical, I don't think there was music in the family, but he was a fine pianist. There we were, Wellington College, and Ken McGill, I think it was, got us together saying, Hey, there's this, did you hear this school's chamber music? I don't think Zilla Castle knew about it. She was tucked away in her little museum up in uh, mm. Newtown, mm. uh, Columbo mm. Street, I think it was oh, called. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and so, oh, here's, a, here's a Haydn trio, why don't you learn this one? Um, so we did, and we rehearsed in this pokey little room up in Firth House, um, at Wellington College, and blow me down, we won the damn thing. Um, uh, we were little, you know, tiny little kids. Mm. Uh, had a bit of coaching, but um, could have knocked us over with a fair. It was crazy. <laughs> um, so that was, you know, that was, um, I suppose, yeah, it made us realise... Um, well, it was great fun preparing the music, and then um, uh, the director, local um, uh, music. What was his name? Ver um, uh, it'll come to me. Um, we crashed the car on the way. We thought we had to sort of. <laughs> they wanted to show us off to some of the. We went up to Tower yeah. School uh, and Marna College, Marna Tower College, um, and played a few, you know, party, mm. party piece, chamber music pieces. Um, but I remember turning up Naranga Gorge, isn't it? Mm. Um, he, he was not concentrating. We ran into the car in front. Uh, uh, so that, um, uh, yeah, that was great. And Wellington College, they thought, gosh, chamber music? Mm. music musicians in the Wellington College? And boy, has it changed now. Mm. Gosh, um, what a, the music there. Yeah, as at every school, I think it's just fantastic what mm. those boys do and girls. Um, the orchestra in my day I was telling them it was two violins a cello a piano and a trumpet mm. and now the girls come across from Wellington Girls College 
one or two from Wellington East, and they get together. It's fantastic. Mm. Uh, it's inclusive, so it's a big range of ability. There's a very strong leader there um, from professional parents. They mm. two of them play in the New Zealand String Quartet, um, uh, and then you youngsters. But you know, it's a great, great chance. It's just terrific what they mm. do. Mm. Um, opening their ears and all genres and styles and mm. the jazz and um, there's a, a what do they call it rock sort of um, contest oh yeah yeah, yeah. rock quiz thing yeah, well, yeah, yes yeah. that's it yep. uh, and a tongue at a yep. um, thingy yep. um, so there we go um, so oh yes and that then national I was a, I was 65 I was tired I was not old then uh, I was born in 51 so I was barely I was barely fourteen when that happened, right about fourteen, um, and then on came National Youth Orchestra, uh, and that was an eye opener, ear opener, bloody hell, um, Debussy, Prelude, to Afternoon mm. of the Fall, uh, Stravinsky, Petrushka, um, with grown up kids, you know, mm, these, mm. they were sort of t seventeen, eighteen, nineteen mm. year olds. Uh, um, I was sort of in awe of them. Um, I think, uh, I don't know if Peter Walls will ever hear this, but I think I sat, you know, he was, he was one of the big, big ones. I think mm. we might have shared desk where we sat at the desk in front of me um, in one of the sections. Ashley Heenan conducted, won't talk about him so much. Um, uh, he had uh, checkered, uh, had held checkered respect I think right. he blotted his copybook in various ways mm -hmm. um, terrific that he um, ran the uh, um, the orchestral trainees mm. which launched helped them to launch some very launched some very talented musicians into a, into the music mm. profession and um, uh, Blanche Norton I've just been uh, at Blanche Charles's years now I just met her on the way down caught up with her boys she's got some tales to tell and mm. of all the the influences and leading on to that um how lucky we were uh that for the national youth orchestra the sectional rehearsals as we had which is typical for um youth orchestras all over the world i think you have sectionals before you come together during the week you're rehearsing and um and even wellington youth orchestra wonderful um support from um uh, Vincent Aspie, I remember. Mm. Uh, I don't think Val Rigg, I, I had a few lessons with her uh, when I was at uni. Um, uh, but very, very supportive. And it's a bit like me now. You, as you get older, you value people like mm. that who mm. opened doors and unlocked mm. uh, windows to new ex musical yeah. experiences in your head and in your ears. Um, and it's just great to be able, you know it's a very strong pull for me I like to come back and yeah not just see the family and so on but to yeah uh, yeah meet well, new might, generations and yeah. reconnect with old haunts uh, old, that, you yeah, know yeah yes, familiar stomping ground yes it's an important thing nostalgia yes yeah 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 and that's as you we know from Phil's songs yes that some of them yeah. are so nostalgic yes uh, very touchingly so yeah uh, not unashamedly. Well, he he was almost um, inventing a mythology around a sort of 
nostalgia that wasn't quite his in some of those early Split End songs, I think. Oh. You know, there's a kind of vaudevillian oh, yes. thing that he brings, yeah. and it's it's almost like a, you know, a, he was writing these wise beyond his years songs that also spoke to an experience that he maybe hadn't quite had at that point, oh, I yeah, think, I some of like them. That. Yeah. You know, and he's grown into... Now the songs are, you know, some of them are in the same sort of vein and they're actually, they speak to his, me- and from his memory now, like of, you know, moments of earlier in his life yes. and where he's at now. But I think he was, in his 20s, he was writing songs that sounded like someone might have been in their 40s or 50s when they were writing them. Yeah. Well, I think, and he'll tell you more about mm. this, but I'm, I'm pretty certain that he loved listening to the 45? Yes, the yeah, 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 no, the I have already talked to him oh, about yes. that. Yeah, yeah. That was a big yeah. influence, I think. Yeah. As a, yeah, I guess as it was for a lot from sort of your generation yeah. and, you know, I know from my parents and, you know, it was the... It was the the radio shows on the wireless and the 45s and it was quite a family experience sitting around listening to things yeah. quite often, wasn't it? Well, 45s, not so much. In our case, it was LP World Records. Yeah, Club. right. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, oh, it's just um, piano. There was a, a piano concert. Um, My Fair Lady, we, mm. we played, we ground the needles into <laughs> the number of times we yeah. played that. Um uh, and then we had oh, Wagner overtures. My dad was a, mm. he just loved that. So that got a few uh, hearings. But we didn't have a big collection at mm. all. <clears throat> so you're in Wellington through the sixties. When do you go? You moved to Auckland, I take it. Yes. Well, sixties mm-hmm. finished. Um, yeah. Class of sixty-seven at Wellington yeah. College. Yeah. Uh, then university. Uh, I started off for some reason to, doing an English degree, um, which I sort of. Because I, st- I was quite young for my year mm, group, mm, mm. Um, coming from, I think, the English education in those early years, uh, like we were doing 12 times table. Yeah, right. And came out here and only yeah. had up to 10. Um, and I, for some reason, they put me in a class ahead. Mm-hmm. And even at school, I was, I was young for the... Um, and so I was behind. I remember struggling to understand in English classes. Mm. And it wasn't until I just got a bit older that I started to realise what English was about, English literature was about, and started to appreciate it a bit more. And maybe that's why I thought I'd do English at university, and that mm. sort of blossomed. It's, I started to really get into it. But for some reason, I thought, oh, this, maybe I should do music. So I started to do a music degree. Um, and that opened my ears even more to, because it was near a Freddie Page, mm. uh, and not Royal School, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. Royal Schools, uh, um, Royal College music exams, mm. which were pretty uh, pr- traditional, yeah. uh, rather unadventurous. Mm. Um, so here was Debussy's Je and um, and Webern, uh, Schoenberg, uh, another, no, another layer. Of um, musical discovery for me, fantastic. Um, so yeah, uh, but still, I was a little bit. I was bloody immature. Uh, Sixty-eight. I was only when I started university. I was so bloody young. Um, uh, I was born. Um, started in sixty-eight. Mm. So I wasn't even. Yeah. I was seventeen. I was yeah. only sixteen. Yeah. Uh, and so, pow, in the. Uh, 
older students, mm. kids much more advanced in, you know, uh, in maturity, just mm. emotional maturity. Mm. So that was um, that was a steep learning curve. Went flatting. Fantastic experience with other musicians and actors. John Bannis, an mm -hmm. uh, um, actor. Um, Jeanette MacDonald, Lina Tarma, um, yeah. she was, uh, yeah, she was part of that um, coterie. Um, there was, who was she? She was slightly crazy. Well, no, that's wrong. Um, uh, who else was at that flat? Bruce Greenfield. Yeah. Uh, um, Robert Love, um, who went on to become a librarian and then a computer programmer, who amazingly turned up. I was doing a chamber gig in Lucerne, packing away <laughs> afterwards, figure lurking by the door. Oh, the Mars, do you remember me? <laughs> wow. And uh, he was a t very a terrific pianist. Mm. He, he stopped play, mm. playing it sadly. Um, anyway, wonderful uh, experience, um, the music department there. Gavin Saunders, he quit the NZBC Symphony Orchestra, as it still was then, um, to teach, and then retired, and sadly he, um, he killed her, he had a heart attack, I think, um, and died. Um, so that, that was university. Yeah, um, and it took me, I sort of lost my way a little bit in the middle of this music degree, because uh, I think just lack of ma emotional maturity. I think mm. I just couldn't focus. Mm. Uh, lost my path, um, um, and somebody I think uh, knew. I think it might have been Judith. Um, uh, the pian. Uh, gosh, my, this is my, here's where my memory mm. uh, doesn't serve me so well. Um, she was um, a pianist. It might have been her, but um, persuaded me to apply for a Queen Elizabeth. Uh, oh yeah, arts grant. Yeah, yeah, scholarship. Yeah, scholarship. Yeah, yeah. to study. Moved to um, Auckland to study mm. with Vladislav Jacek, which I did, and I was able to finish my um, degree up in Auckland, um, where I was lucky. Uh, William Dart was standing in for Dr. Nalden, who was mm. on sabbatical, mm. and he was a breath of fresh air. Uh, fantastic teacher, um, broad knowledge of music and art and uh, and just very relaxed about, um, very open-minded teaching history of music, uh, um, music analysis and so on and so forth. <clears throat> Got involved with a different crowd, uh, quite, yes it was different there because it was like the Auckland Conservatoire, mm. Conservatorium mm. they called it, because he was, I think Dr Norden was British roots, if not born there. So he he was trying to emulate the Royal College, I think, um, like a conservatoire practice-based. So there were some very fine young musicians there. Mm. Janetta McStay was a, a strong uh, piano teacher, and there were fine fine musicians all around, um, with some good good strong uh, uh, pupils. So there's quite a lot of chamber music. Um, and a fellow called um, Derek Sanders. Now, I don't know what happened to him, and Phil and Tim, they don't know. I think he went to Australia, but he was he was crazy, um, in a good sort of way. Mm, mm. He wrote me in, he, he was something to do with, I don't know if he was finishing a degree at the department, or was he doing a master's or something? Um, 
but he got involved with all sorts of crazy musical endeavours, one of which was a, um, a sort of production of um, uh, the, the Red Barn, you know, um, The Murder at the Red oh, Barn, yeah, something yeah. like yeah. that. It was a Victorian melodrama mm. type mm. thing. Um, he, he wrote me into that, but I don't think there was any... There must have been some dots to play. Uh, and he'd sort of play around the keyboard and I'd join in with Soupy. And one, he rode around on this beaten up mobilette or, or little mm. motor scooter, um, weighed down with bags of music and scores or whatever. Uh, and one day it broke down, it was a, uh, and he, um, of course, we didn't have mobiles in those days. He just didn't turn up and the show has to go on. And you were asking about piano earlier, mm. I'll come to that. And all I knew from, um, uh, oh yes, we had to do, at Vic, we had to do score reading, mm. reading off a string quartet at the keyboard, and I wasn't a pianist at all. Mm. So that's when I had to start learning two hands at the piano, also to learn four-part harmony, Bach chorales, two fingers, you know, mm. trying to play four parts at the same time. But I'd learned, thank you very much, Professor Page and the music department there, learned a bit about reading things at the piano and knew how to play a diminished seventh chord, which is great for Victorian melodrama because mm. you play a sort of minor chord and then you go... Mm. So that was the baddie music. And then the love interest came in and I'd switch to violin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just play some... Play the serenade. Melody yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> without, albeit without piano accompaniment. <laughs> so there were some funny experiences. Yeah. And then Derek knew Phil and Tim somehow. Right. So Phil and Tim had, had met. They'd started basically teaching each other songs and writing songs together in the earliest days, as I understand I it. I think so. Yeah. yeah. They'd, they'd basically bonded yes. on first meeting kind of yeah. thing. They'd, they'd lit a fuse in each other. They were thick as yeah. thieves, I yeah. think, you know, musically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so you get introduced to them, meet them through a mutual friend, basically. Yeah. And at what point do you... Uh, decide that it makes sense to make music with them when that seems to be completely removed from everything you've just been describing well, in your musical background. Well, they were just great guys. Yeah, yeah. Was, uh, um, uh, they were passionate about yeah. it. Uh, and I was, you know, maybe William Dart had opened my ears to... Mm. We're outside other times. worlds of music. Yeah. And, you know, he's writing a little, little self-published, uh, cheaply like produced, but full of they were gems. I've still got a couple of them. Music, music for the music, uh, uh, music for the school teacher. I forget what they were mm, called. Mm. Um, fantastic little productions. Um, so, yeah, I think perhaps that was part of uh, um, the influence. So I thought, well, this is this is good fun. Um, I'll uh, let's give this a go, uh, and it was interesting. It was different, mm. and boy, as you suggest, it was so different. Yeah. Um, weird harmonies, weird tunings. Um, yeah. Because uh, if anything, it's aligned with folk music. That's the closest. Yeah. Well, it but was it, a... but it's not even quite folk music. No. Yeah. No, it, folk music has got yes. very. It, structured phrases yes. just and quite simple four, structures yeah yeah simple, yeah simple yeah. chords expected chords on the whole yeah uh, and it's you know you've got a tonic and then there's a bit of dominant subdominant so this is kind of like that. acoustic prog rock 
yeah. with bits of folk and bits yeah. of pop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now this is the band Split Ends, but it's E N D S. Was. And yeah. uh, and this is 1971, 72. 72. Yeah, 72. I started. Yeah. I met them in mid 72. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah. 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 And it's Phil and Tim and yourself and just a couple of others to begin with. Mike. Mike Chalmers in. Yeah. yeah. And, and um, Phil Howard. Yeah. Played the flute. flute. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So again, it's it's almost a little bit towards, like um. A jug band kind of thing as well, without without the ju- actual <laughs> jug element, yeah, but it's so. almost towards that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah it, was, it was acoustic. Yes, for a yeah. little while. Yeah, yeah. Apart from the electric bass. Yeah, yeah. And you don't stick around in the band for a long time. You're not on the first official Split Ends record, but you do record with the band. Yes, you are we on the did. first singles. Yeah, well, we yeah. did a little uni- uh, universities tour. Yeah, yeah. With um, um, I am the airman. What, did, uh, what was his name? Um, oh gosh, uh, you have to. Here's my memory going mm, bad mm, again. Mm. Oh god. Um, anyway, it was arranged by Barry Coburn, I think. Oh yeah, yep, yep. Uh, and we did. Uh, did we go to? I think did we do Dunedin Christchurch. I remember. Um, Wellington University. And then long oh uh, and the um, what was the bar the club in um, in Auckland we started playing a bit I think that was through Barry Coburn yeah um, the other guys will remember yeah yeah so Barry I mean becomes basically the manager yes of the band yeah yeah um, and we yeah as you say recorded got into the studio Stebbings yeah and recorded for you and yep. split ends yeah the song split ends yeah. Just a little forty-five. Yeah. Um, did narrow here and were removed from the stage. Yeah. <laughs> Booed off the stage. Yeah. You, you probably know that yeah, story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we got into. What was that like? <laughs> uh, Can you remember? Do you have a feeling attached to that? Um, well, just being yes, a bit sort of being numb, like what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think we had trouble. I used to by then we were go, going a little bit getting to be a bit more electric mm. we'll be totally electric by then electroacoustic I can't I honestly can't remember what the guitars were Mm-mm. were they electroacoustic were they plugging in god I can't remember that but I used to have a tape loop thing um, and it was always going wrong um, and I think there was awful sound problems maybe that they created the sound problems because right <laughs> We, they sensed that the crowd were... As a way of... As a means to an end. <laughs> uh, who, uh, who did we yield to? Black Sabbath. Was it Black Sabbath yes, or something? Yeah, like yeah, that? yeah. Um, that's what they came to... <laughs> yeah. yeah. They didn't want us <laughs> and our weird music. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, the footage that's around of those times and, and the audio document, it's... I mean, this is music, and I know I'm not alone. Obviously, Split Ends is one of New Zealand's most loved bands and, and, and most important bands for so many reasons, but it's deeply strange music, that early stuff. It was. Wonderfully strange. Yes. You know, it's, you know, and I can remember hearing it, I guess, when I was, you know, after the, uh, after the fact of when it happened, but when I was sort of four, five, six years old, and it, and it, and it hit me when I first heard it. It was strange. Yeah. Yeah. Structure, stru- the structure yeah. was a bit strange. The yeah. chord changes were strange. Yeah. Uh, the vocals. Yes. You know, the style the of style, singing. Yes, yes. The, the sound. The, yeah. 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 Slightly strained. Mm. Um, 
theatrical. Yes. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I don't know where that came from. If that mm. came from Phil, because he's Phil sort of retained that to this yes. day. Yeah. Um, you know, he will sing in a normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Normal voice. But he has an affectation, like he yeah. has a yeah. He has a, an active, an actor singing voice that he moves into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but he, uh, yeah, he doesn't. And it's um, you know, listening more intently to some of, to his songs, it's amazing the range he's got because mm. you hear he does like three octaves he'll mm. double he'll treble a, a vocal line I think sometimes um, and on the top line I don't because I don't think he puts it through auto-tune or anything like mm, that mm, doesn't, mm. don't think he bothers with that sort of thing mm. um, and it's the fantastic pure sound on the top mm. you know, and, and the lovely rich bass underneath mm. and um it's a fantastic voice. Mm. So why do you leave the band? Oh, God, it was sad. Um, uh, I'd shifted by it. I can't remember. Because you, you're almost the earliest casualty in the story of yeah. Spillings, aren't you? Like, yeah. in terms well, of a... Yeah, go uh, oh, I was just going to say, in terms of a member that's, you know, I mean, you're prominent for a while and well, then you leave. Well, you're, seven... Uh, Seminal, they'll say. Yeah. You know, it's, it, I, it's not how I describe it. <laughs> yeah. But the way Phil reacted, yeah. especially Phil, he was gutted. Mm. You know, he was in tears uh, walking across a playing field in Hamilton, I think it was. Had his mm. arm around me and he was just distraught. Um, and I thought, God, I didn't. Why? Well, yeah, this is, this is just a bit of folly. <laughs> uh, but I just felt I had to, I think. Yes, Ladislav Jasek had just opened me, me to a sort of that next step of violinistic, you know, viol, violinistic mm. stuff. Mm, mm. And I felt I just wanted to explore that a bit more. So Splittings was a bit of arty folly for you. Folly. And in, in, in not so much um, for you personally, but in the in the trajectory of where your career was supposed to be heading. And well, this was almost a distraction. Well, um, folly and not in the sort of, folly, not a mistake folly. No, no. Uh, folly in terms of a Yeah, a distraction. And, yes. and a distraction from... You know all of your training serious, and yeah, 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 serious music, which uh, which is the path that you were on, um, and then go back to. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean that's just sort of how I've I guess understood it. Yeah, I, distraction. It was just something that went p- parallel, mm-hmm. which I loved while while I was doing it. Mm. Um, and as you rightly surmise, I found did find it hard, and I've told Phil and Tim yeah. that at um, odd times because my training told me God when you can't that, that, that harmony that voicing <laughs> you're being asked to perform work. something that's counterintuitive to how you've yeah. been how you've been taught how yeah. you've been musically raised and it was hard yeah and it's only now yeah. that I'm I've become comfortable with it when in the last yeah. few years yeah working getting back mm. with Phil mm. Um, and accepting that this is how he does it, this mm. is how, mm. this is his language, mm. Mm. and I just bloody well um, learn enjoy it. it. And, and, you know, yeah, go back to and it. It's, mm. it's fantastic. Yeah. It's, I, I just love it. And strangely, I don't know if it's strange, but we 
we get on so well. Mm. Um, and we, uh, well, it's a bit of a cliche, spark each other off. Mm. Um, but, he, you know, sometimes he's very, you know, we start off with a completely blank slate pretty well. Mm. I turn up in his lovely little studio. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I um, know what you're talking about. Up amongst yeah. the gum trees. Yes, gum yes. Trees. <laughs> There's not much yeah. room. No. <laughs> Uh, but it, it, it strikes me as a, a great place to create. Oh, it's great. He's, yeah. he's there often with his back to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he'll spin round and he'll just gesture. Oh, just... Uh, he'll yeah. mind playing He put a wee video up the other day. Did he? Of, of, of just a little montage video oh. of you guys recording together and it was great. Oh, oh just is that, that on Facebook yeah, or yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a day Facebook or two ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah, you'll have to have a look. I'll uh, have a look. Cool. Am I going to yeah. be embarrassed? You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be. No, I thought it was really cool. Oh, well, that was... It was... Yeah, it's lovely. It's just a lovely experience. He's one... He's really terrific to work with. Um, and it's... You know, I'm... He's quite happy. You know, I'll say, oh, I wish I get to know what the song's about somewhat. Mm. And I think, oh, well, I mean, it could take... And he, you know, he says, you know, with this twinkle in his eye, usually, mm -hmm. it's about this... Uh, um, and it was inspired, I was thinking of this and that and the other. And so I'll um, think, oh, how about doing uh, this and that, or just adding a bit of pizzicato, or, or thickening it out with, I don't know, some idea. I'll say, oh, yes, or he'll dismiss it. Mm. And it's easy come, easy go. Mm. Mm. Well, I, I want to come back to talking about that, and obviously also you reconnect with Tim and play with him. Yeah. Um, but... Let's let let's move on through you leaving Split Ends and what you go and do, and and I guess a question is, are you in touch with them and in touch and in touch in any way with like do you follow what the band gets up to after you leave because Gosh, yeah yeah because you moved to England sh shortly after leaving Split Ends yes April um, I think I left in about April seventy three and that's really where you've been ever since yeah. Um, minus, you know, some visits. Yeah. 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 Um, exactly. Um, so, yeah, there's the sad farewell. I mm. said, look, guys, I'm really sorry. I think if I don't do this, I'm going it. to, uh, yeah, regret it. Mm. Um, you know, I thought hard. I thought, will I adapt to this way of mm. this, this style? Mm. And, well, the other thing that I felt a bit, bit of a, I felt a bit fake um, was being tied to the printed, tied to the dots. And right. I still, you know, I'm still, I've had a lifetime of that and mm. I'm trying to mm. escape mm. a little bit mm. or just find another level of musicianship. Uh, mm. um, we could come to that later if you, if you like. Mm. Um, but I felt a real, uh, well, incompetent, I felt. So that might have never really mm. thought hard about. I did feel a bit of a fraud. Mm. Um, uh, because some a lot of the songs they talked about I wasn't familiar with uh, right, the Kinks I mm. was fond of the Kinks mm. some of the Dylan songs um, but also that sort of uh, viol the, the fiddling mm. free improvising round um, round a chord chord chart mm. um, I didn't know how to do it I all right, some of it, like uh, For You, that's got a bit of um, 
me trying to do it, but I've, uh, frankly, I find it embarrassing. <laughs> really? I was just going to, it's so funny because oh. I was just going to say, I love, you know, I love listening to that and going, <laughs> isn't, that, that. isn't that wonderful? Because it's oh. like a kind of antipode and take on the gypsy jazz violin <laughs> stuff, you know? It's, it's, it, it's, 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 it's as perfectly off kilter as it yeah. should be for the for the music that Split Ends was making then, yeah. you know, like it fits the tone of, God. this is exactly right, but a little bit off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as far as I felt, it was bloody off. <laughs> you, you think it it's really off. <laughs> not fit for purpose. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> uh, um, so, uh, God, that's funny, isn't it? Yeah. Um, anyway, so that was part, that was, yeah, largely, I felt uncomfortable. Mm. Because I felt a bit of a fraud. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I thought... Oh, yeah, you're yeah. trying to do two different things and they don't really line up. No. Yeah, <laughs> when it comes down to it. Yeah. Yeah. Something and the like pull that. of one is so much stronger than the pull of yeah. the other. Well, I suppose I was starting to mature then at the age of 20 or 21, yeah. uh, thinking, gosh, I've got a career to think about. I've got a life ahead of me. Mm. Um is it going to work are, mm. with split ends? Are they going to hit the... Yeah, yeah. If they had stars in their eyes yes. still then, they were yeah. going to make it big. Yeah. And I thought, I don't think I can... I don't think I can do it. I'm not good enough. Um, not realising that they valued me for... What you... Yeah. That background that, yes. I, that I felt was, a, was hampering me. Isn't it funny? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You lent them an, a musical Some, authenticity. Something like that. And yet you thought... You're a fake yeah. <laughs> in that context. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how, yeah, uh, perspective. Uh, um, I was listening the other day to Wankers, Phil <laughs> song yeah, Wankers, yeah, yeah, um, which is a very funny song. Mm. I think it's a brilliant song. Yeah, because he turns it yes on its on its head. Mm. It's a some might say it's malicious, but it's not. Um, it's just. Telling the truth, I how mm, it just, mm. how, how does. Um, but it's quite funny. Um, Tony Backhouse, yep. lovely guy, Great. terrific musician. musician he tried to get me, still when I was still at Vic, yeah. they wanted a fiddler right. to, to play with Mammal. Right. Oh, God, now talk about getting <laughs> at the deep end. Shit. <laughs> yeah. You know, talk about feeling like a fake. <laughs> um, and we did a gig up in Auckland. I was just trying to jam along with these guys mm. they, they were bloody good I, mm. I thought um, and uh, somebody just down at the edge of the stage sort of, uh, wanker <laughs> and you know I can't say it took the wind out of my sails there was no wind in the sails <laughs> so so, um, so you know it's all part of that yeah. sort of yeah. feeling a bit of a fraud yeah so you go to England so off I went to, to England yeah. to pick back up with your Classical training, yeah. basically, your studies, your, yeah. and to what seek out a career as a. Well, no, not not, not quite. Because somebody in the business here had said, "Gosh, you you should think about taking it up professionally," mm. and I thought, "What? You know, I had no idea what being a professional was like, really. Mm. Um, mm. Let alone in England. Mm. You know, I've met and worked a bit with pros here." And had a Alex Lindsay String Orchestra, fantastic experience. Mm. Mm. Going back to what I said earlier about the influences here, mm. gosh, we were we youngsters were so lucky. I was lucky um, being supported by the likes of Alex Lindsay and um, Vince Sasby and May Hannon, 
uh, Val Rigg, Valerie Rigg, all fine musicians. Um, yeah, so off I went, thinking maybe a year, two years, I had about a hundred dollars, a hundred pounds in my mm. pocket, and that was it. Um, uh, study for a year, maybe two years, and then come back here. Uh, I had no idea what I was going going <laughs> out to. Uh, there was a little bit of going home, you know, mm. England, because uh, I had English family, I had cousins, mm. my grandfather, English grandfather was there, um, great aunt, and memories of England. It's a funny old thing, um, uh, your heart, you know, where do you live, where do you belong? Mm. Uh, a little bit of me then belonged, was back in England. Mm. I had nice memories of school, early days at school, you know, learning things, learning how to write, learning a bit of history, you know, um, and places, the climate, all the, th you know, the things that characterise a, mm. a place and that feed you um, as a youngster. Um, so it was, it was partly that, uh, but back I went, little money, um, two suggestions, contacts that Alex Lindsay gave me, get in touch with. I'd written letters at two, to two teachers, Ailey Goran, who at the time led the Allegri String Quartet and was co-leader of the BBC Symphony Orchestra, and Manny Hurwitz, who was um, uh, the Amadeus Quartet. Mm -hmm. uh, Manny didn't reply. Um, uh, Ailey sent me a lovely letter. Uh, he, was, um, he taught at the Guildhall School of Music then, saying, very sorry, I can't take any more pupils on at the Guildhall but get in touch with me and come and see me, mm. uh, which I did. And um, he, he was terrific, uh, taught me some of the things which I should have been <laughs> learning and should have learnt by then mm. at the level I was at in New mm. Zealand. So, mm. gosh, um, eye-opener for me technically. Mm. Um, and then Ailey invited me uh, he ran a summer course in um, in August, or yeah, I think it was August, in um, another Wellington, actually, Shropshire, near Wellington in Shropshire, um, uh, Attingham Park, mm. where I met students of his. It was just strings, lovely, solid, good musicians, lovely folk. Ex experienced a little bit of um, xenophobia, funnily enough, you know, um, uh, one of, I, he was a viola player, not that um, <laughs> uh, when he heard, you know, he didn't know them all, yeah. he said, oh, you're from New Zealand, coming over stealing our jobs, eh? <laughs> Which brought me up with a bit of a start. And, yeah. Oh, blimey. I've hardly started working. <laughs> um, but that was great, you know, that got me network, you know, the network sort of started. Mm. Um, uh, Anyway, back, so lessons with Ailey, and bless him, um, he started to... Oh, then I, I had a few jobs. I'd worked, I cleaned houses for a day and thought, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, worked bowed parts for the LSO librarian, rubbing out old Boeings. Mm. New leader or new conductor wanted a different bow. Laborious, boring work, mm -hmm. but it was, you know, paid the rent. Mm. Um Started work in a deli just off Sloan Square, um, where one day, I was, and then I was starting to do auditions. LPO went out to Glyndebourne. Kiri Takana was singing "Marriage of 
Figaro mm. at the time. This would have been 73, mm. 74. Uh, she was in, you know, the height of her yes. career yeah. then. Uh, so I travelled down on the train, hear all these black-suited <laughs> ladies, yeah. uh, gents, and um, with their hampers. I thought, what the world is this? <laughs> uh, and, of course, they were off to Glyndebourne. Mm. Um, did the audition in the first interval. Um, they said, do you want to hear the rest of it? You can sit in the pit. So, and that's when Kiri was... heard Kiri doing, doing that. Didn't get... Um, on the extra list for the LPO, but did a similar thing with the RPO, Royal Philharmonic, got on their extra list, and Ailey put my name down on the extra list for the BBC Symphony. So when the Delhi said, oh, we want to expand and um, uh, in, you know, make, create a wine department, wonder if you're interested in um, uh, going on a wine course. And... I just started to get a few gigs in and said, well, oh, I'm really sorry, but I was going to hand in my notice. <laughs> hand in my notice. Mm. Funnily enough, I got interested in wine a little, a few years down. Mm. <laughs> so it's one of those, you know, movie closing <laughs> yeah, yeah, doors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something could have happened at that, mm. just about that moment. Mm. Uh, anyway, uh, so extra work with the... Um, this orchestra and that orchestra and the network just expand a little bit as it happens on the phone rings um, oh I need a violinist for a choral society gig we're doing the Messiah or are you free and so you start learning the repertoire that way um, I must have been awful but uh, <laughs> when I think back so green learning because I didn't go through that was just feeling a bit of a fraud mm. I felt a bit of a fish out of water then, because all these youngsters, ex-students, postgrads, they'd gone through college, and so and the colleges, music colleges there, they're. It's not too um, deprecating to say they're uh, music, they're, they're professional musician machines, mm. but that's sort of what they do. Mm. They groom you for a mm. career in music, mm. so you've got to, you just plug through that. You just plug through the repertoire, mm, mm. your Vorjak symphonies, your Beethoven symphonies, um, one after the other. Um, you don't maybe necessarily perfect them, but you just get to know them, all the string repertoire. So mm. I had to learn this from scratch pretty well. Mm. Um, so that was quite tough, but I was lucky. Um, maybe I just had a... I was pretty good at sight reading, um, and I had to sort of facilitate, I could get round the fiddle a bit better by then. Mm. Um, and I kept getting asked, kept getting asked back. Uh, and the, gradually the, um, uh, yeah, so I, so a freelance career yeah. just opened up and yeah. uh, and started. And the money's better, better than working in a deli or, mm. uh, um, you know, marking parts for the LSO music librarian. Um, you know, the first check, uh, or Sunday night at the Albert Hall, seven quid, mm. <laughs> little brown envelope. Mm. That was a lot of. That was not yeah, bad yeah, yeah, in yeah. those days. Yeah, 1974. Yeah, uh, Tchaikovsky night with cannon and mortar <laughs> effects. That was the bread and butter. Mm. Mm. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, standard traditional orchestral repertoire. There was a lot of that. Yeah, sitting at the back, it's quite tough at the back of a section as you do if you're an extra because you're yeah. not a full-time member yeah but for some somehow i didn't 
wasn't drawn towards uh, joining, say, uh, as a regular member, um, because I think I started to work through the younger students, um, and I started playing in the pizza pizza quartet, mm. reading through Haydn string Haydn Mozart string quartets, where you know you had to be able to sight read. Um, uh, and then that, that network just opened up, that spread a bit. Orchestra of St John's, that led to... And I start, I enjoyed uh, the City of London, no, it was Richard Hickok's um, orchestra and choir. Uh, and I just felt more comfortable in a chamber music, in a chamber orchestra mm, sort of mm, environment. Mm. And so the bigger stuff just slowly, I eased away from that. Uh, and then got interested in, yeah, there was a bit of chamber music. Um, one-off choral society dates, you know, with bigger orchestras, Dream of Dream of Gerontius, that sort of thing, Beethoven 9. Um, You're a bit of a Baroque and chamber yes, well then, specialist, really, yeah, aren't you? Yeah, that in came... A, as, in, you know, that yeah. was through, really through Simon Standage, mm. who led um, for Richard Hickox um, before, before he rebranded as the City of London Sinfonia. Mm. Um, uh, you know, he was he became he was a lovely he was a terrific conductor um uh, but he was cutting his teeth he was uh, sort of been doing a bit in those days with his richard hickok's orchestra what i was doing in the freelance scene learning mm. the repertoire mm. uh you know um he was sort of learning his repertoire on us i suppose about doing some terrific concerts at the time but simon led this is all on modern fiddle but at the that time, unbeknown to me, he was um, started to work with uh, Trevor Pinnock mm. um, and the the uh, um, early days of the English concert, and um, as was Monica Huggett with Chris Hogwood, Academy of Ancient Music, mm. um, who was I took over from Monica in the pizza quartet. Um, she had started to get busier doing baroque things. And a, a well, a, a, a chamber group called Capricorn, where she I played second violin for a while mm. with um, Tim Mason, sadly no longer with us, and um, his wife to be Jan, Jan Schlapp, uh, at the time. Um, uh, so, um, yeah. So Monica was really into. The, period instruments mm. uh, and it was a, just a burgeoning scene it just exploded yeah. uh, around the mid to end 70s Hogwood uh, he'd been working with um, David Munro and the early music consort James Bowman um, um, uh, Tony Rooley uh, and there were connections with others other luminaries in that um, that uh, that scene um, uh, um other names come to me, uh, lots of names. Um, but um, but just then, the Academy of Ancient Music, Hogwood, through Monica. Monica said, "Oh, you should you should try. You should get a put mm. get a baroque violin or, or put gut strings on." And Cat um, uh, Macintosh, she's got some bows. She'll lend you. And she was more than happy to. Uh, she was leading for Hogwood at the time, I think. Um, and she lent me a, it was an old vial bow, I think. But it, I, it was a bit awkward at the time, but I took to it. And um, I liked the way that they worked. It was um, more conductorless, you know, it was a bit more democratic. 
um, a bit more like cha playing chamber music. Um, and then Simon, Trevor Pinnock, invited me to join. I didn't have, didn't audition for these nowadays. It's yeah, you know, yeah. I was so lucky. Uh, um, um, yeah, so I joined the English concert, and boy, what a how lucky I was! And and joined the English concert was a bit more uh, precise. It was a bit more precise. You had your seat. Mm, it mm. was not, not a contracted orchestra. We were still. Um, Zero hours contract, I yeah. suppose it would be called <laughs> yeah. these days. Yeah. Um, so you could have been, you know, out, out on your ear, um, mm. I suppose, if you didn't. You're only as good as your last gig. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, um, uh, but that that was wonderful. I sat, uh, after a while, not in the beginning, um, ended up sitting next to Simon. That was, uh, I've been working with him, sitting next to him off and on over many, many years now, which was fantastic. Um, Academy of Ancient Music, a little bit different, it expanded, because they were all expanding and the record companies were, just loved this because it, it was a bit, we were learning, uh, it was a bit scratchy and the oboes, the early oboes were just learning how to um, make the instruments work. Yeah. Acceptably, it's a hard thing in that that scene. What's acceptable? What would it have been like? Um, <laughs> yeah. What are we trying to do? Recreate the sounds exactly? You can't do that. We mm. just don't quite know how sophisticated mm. or not they were. It's a sort of ethos. I've I've come to think of it like a an ethos of music making. Mm. Um, putting it across, making music enjoyable waking listeners' ears up mm. to to um, compositions, to what the power of music. I've talked mm. about the power of music mm. at Wellington College today. Uh, so there, so that all started um, blossoming and how record companies, they wanted to re-record all the rep mm. repertoire they'd done um, with um, the Academy of St. Martin, say, Handel, Concerti, Grossi, the Bach Suites, the Bach Harpsichord Concerti, Violin Concerti, Bach Double, um, Violin Concerto, Messiah, Vivaldi Gloria, The Four Seasons, just a whole, all that mm. standard repertoire mm. with fresh ear, fresh sounds, fresh, a fresh approach. Four fresh ears. Yeah, Harpsichord, yeah. little continuous section, yeah. small forces. Um, and it was wonderful. Um, I hear the... I'm not an avid Radio 3 listener, but if I'm knocking about, uh, let's see what's on, and I'll hear a, obviously, Baroque group playing, and I think, God, oh, that sounds good. That's really fresh and clear and straightforward and no, no muck mucking about. Oh, that was the English concert playing <laughs> the Bach Third Suite or something like that. Um, uh, you know, nowadays, it's become such a huge market. Mm. Now people are... Or the, the the managements want to sort of um, label, so you've got to have a um, an angle yeah, to yeah. sell to yeah. hook yourself onto to sell. So it's changed an awful lot. What what you're describing sounds to me like several careers already, but during this time, this is entirely the focus musically. Like you're not so you've you're not doing 
a little bit of moonlighting and playing in a folk band or, no. a, you know, doing some string arrange, you know, coming in to do some sessions for a pop band or a... No. Um, sad, it's cause my it's life, straight classical. It's busy. You yeah, know, it's yeah, yeah. bloody busy. Yeah. And I had, uh, um, by that, uh, when I got married in, when was it, 76? Um, oh, I, yeah, 70, that's, that's a good, that was a good year. Um Oh, interesting time. My oh, but oh yes, I didn't. I mentioned Sasha Lassison, mm. um, Ailey Goran. That my time with him, he was he was fantastic and taught me a hell of a lot. He got awfully into weights and balances of the arm, and um, and it just lost me a little bit. Um, and so we drifted apart in terms of the lessons. And I started mm. to get really busy earning a crust. Mm. Um, um, so yes, and then I thought oh, I really want to learn a bit more. And one of my one of the guys, he was an, another extra in the RPO. He said, uh, we were chatting about having lessons. He said, Oh, you should go to Sasha. I said, Who's he? He's a pupil of Leopold Auer mm. from St Petersburg, mm. um, and uh, Nona Liddell had, was going to him for London Sinfonietta she led at the time, um, and just various freelance. She had a chamber ensemble. Um, so I went to Sasha and gosh he was good you walked out of his lessons feeling you could play every <laughs> bloody concerto under mm. the sun mm. um, little wizened old man who would play <laughs> Pagnini Moto Perpetuo with a fag hanging out <laughs> dripping ash over his violin um, but he, you know, he said oh, I, I remember Prokofiev it's true mm. um, he had these big ears <laughs> This little Russian guy, Amazing. he charged doll uh, guineas. Yeah. I paid in guineas. Wow. Um, so that, yeah, he was amazing. There was a book his his son, Michael, uh, compiled. Very interesting for violinists especially. You can mm. get it on Amazon still, I think, um, of reminiscence, reminiscences, mm. reminiscences by pupils of dear Sasha. Fantastic. Um, uh, so how did I get back to Sasha? You were... The angle of oh, I was just saying like oh, being, being busy, yeah, 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 being busy, and also Style, how, other styles. Yeah, uh, was yeah. there any room for it? Any of that? Yeah, being busy. Talk about that. Yeah, hot, hot summer of, mm. um, in Europe, in England. It was a heat wave. It went on and on, um, and as bad luck would well, bad luck, I suppose, would have it. John McAlpine, a New Zealand pianist who was at Vic, um, in ended up in Cologne. Very interested in contemporary music. But he wanted to, you know, we were in touch now and again. He came mm. to London now and again. Um, we decided to do a concert in New Zealand House. Um, what did we do? A couple of Beethoven sonatas, Prokofiev second sonata, and Lilburn, Douglas Lilburn's violin sonata. Um, I went over to Cologne. We rehearsed in his attic, which was just boiling hot. We had a bit of lessons with Contast. He was with one of the Kontarsky pianist mm. brothers. Um, then we came to New Zealand House and did this concert. Somebody had a tape recorder and taped it. My dear teacher, Sasha, we played to him. He came along and sat there. He was sitting, bless his heart. He came all the way in from his studio in Shepherd's Bush at the age of about 85 or something. Um, but I've still got the recording. I, I think I put the Lilburn Sonata. I dared. I, it took me 25 years to dare to listen to it. <laughs> I was thinking how cool it was these these little Kiwi connections like you mentioned Kerry De Carnawa and now yes. like performing Lilburn like 
just these little things that remind you of your time here, no yeah. doubt. And as you say, you felt the pull back to England. Yeah. But then there, you, you know, you've got this these reminders of a place where you grew up. Yeah. As well. Oh, yeah. and as the time went by, mm. uh, instead, you know, there's only memories of England when I was in mm. New Zealand. Mm. You know, you just keep getting reminded um, of the forces that helped you get to where you are. Mm. Even simple things like, um, and I was again t- mm. telling the uh, folk at Wellington College, first time in Paris, visiting um, uh, Fiona McAlpine, um, Fiona Wiley, as mm. she was before married John, before they separated. Um, uh, hopping on a bus, first, you know, alone 21 year old in Paris. Mm. Well, I've got to speak French, I'm not going to bloody speak <laughs> English uh, in a New Zealand accent or whatever. Um, just, am I on the right bus for mm. Saint-Germain de Pré or wherever it was? Um, uh, mais oui, you know, uh, welcome, uh, <laughs> just like I was a local. I thought, yeah. God, thank you, Wellington, yeah. Wellington College, just fantastic. <laughs> so little things mm. make you realise. I mm. said to the boys, I said, gosh, you're so lucky. You've got a wonderful music department. You probably don't realise. You'll realise down the line, several years. Um, but you're so lucky. It's you're in a wonderful environment. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful country. You've got fantastic staff. Yeah. Uh, you've got fantastic opportunities. Just realise. You know, make the most of it. Mm. Um, they were quizzing me. I had a lovely hour with the senior, picking my brains about. I don't know how to how to perform or how to how to do this how how to um advice about um yeah putting yourself across to an audience mm. um mm. uh and this is like with, as a group mm. as as a, as a um uh, pop no matter what style yeah. came a group or yeah. I said, well it, whatever you're doing um so i i think they found it useful yeah. um uh getting back i haven't forgotten we're on the track of um of other, yes. Yeah, yeah. So uh, New Zealand House, that was important because, um, as I said, 25 years down the line, I dared to, or a friend was, it was on a big reel-to-reel mm. and a friend was transcribing similar things made at a similar time mm. onto CD digitally. Um, and so I said, look, stick this on. I don't know if I want to hear it. And I did. <laughs> it wasn't too bad. <laughs> the Prokofiev second side is quite hard. Yeah. Maybe I'll dare to put that out on my website. <laughs> Uh, uh, we'll see. Maybe I will. I'm, I'll be dead soon, so I, <laughs> I, won't, I won't have to suffer any embarrassment. Uh, um. We were just talking about, so in this period in the mid-70s, and you're busy, and then Split Ends, which is now a full electric band, uh, in the full drum kit, yeah. ele- you know, Wally's in the band playing electric guitar. Yeah, um, got, they've got the horn the, section. They've yeah. got yeah, it's a it's a big musical musical and big troupe. Change. It's almost yeah. a circus, and they record Mental Notes, and yeah. then they come to England. Yeah. So do you listen to Mental Notes? Are you aware of it or no. not until they? And I, I feel a bit um, like I'm letting the side down, but <laughs> I sort of lost. Yeah, well, imagine. I mean, you just described um, it being. Yeah, I was yes, super in busy. Of, <laughs> um, in terms of you know personal circumstances, mm. I got mm. married. Yeah. Bad move. Didn't work out. Right. So mm. there was all that trauma. <laughs> mm. um, didn't last long. No mm. kids. Thank goodness. Yeah. I still see Jane. Um, in fact, I'll see her up in um, in Auckland uh, next week. Mm. Um, 
so that was all sort of falling apart. Um, and then that's about the time when they were over. Mm. And we had, um, we went to, which studio was it? Island, Island Studios, I think, where mm. we recorded. Mm. I was on, with a cellist, Ian Sharp. Three, you probably know, you'll tell mm -hmm. me this is where my memory's gone. <laughs> um, uh, which album was it? Mental Notes was, it wasn't part of Mental Notes, well, was it? Well, the second album is called Second Thoughts, second. and it's, but it is actually bits of Mental Notes re-recorded, and it's kind of like a second version of it. That's Yeah, really but with some new songs as well. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's what I and Ian mm. joined, we were on three tracks I think mm. it was Eddie well he'll he'll, mm. <laughs> he'll know exactly <laughs> he'll tell me what notes I played probably <laughs> um, but it, yeah so it was it was fantastic to reconnect with them mm. um, it was I found the the did they, did they call you did they hunt you down like they knew yeah. you were there you're, they're uh, in touch enough to I kept in touch with yeah. Tim yeah right and we went I remember he came uh, we'd yeah, he came with us, um, and by that time, I think I was with my present wife, Catherine. Mm. So, and I, and I, that was the early 80s. Oh, okay. Uh, so it wasn't that time. Yeah, no, no, that I'm might have been when Tim was over there, because Tim did that solo album, and, he, and Phil was over there with him as well. Uh, you might be thinking yeah. of that time, yeah. And Phil had shaved all his yeah, hair off. Yeah. And just had was wearing a beret. <laughs> yeah. But did, Phil didn't accompany us to... We went to Cheltenham. Mm. I think I had a gig. Um, and we drove there with Catherine and her little dog. I think I'd only just got to know her. We got married... 81 or 82. Because mm, okay. we got married in, uh, in 82. So I think it, that was... Um, yeah... Uh, so the first yes, when Spithands over in the punk era, yeah, they were they did a yeah they had a tough time yes, uh, <laughs> a tough time all round really gosh yeah, yeah. well they they were, but I was just that busy uh, in mm. a difficult awkward marriage mm. and just busy playing mm. that it was great to reconnect and we tried to to rediscover yeah. some of the old songs mm. but it, I found it tough. For this, probably the same reasons, you know, I yeah. couldn't remember the chord changes and I couldn't remember what I played. Well, you're just so immersed in the, in that world of music that you were, were now... I, I guess so. ...making a living yeah. in. Yeah, 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 that you'd been working towards yeah. really all your life. Time for change. They said, oh... And the time when I returned to Auckland and caught up with... All the guys, I don't think Phil mm. was there. I think he was mm. in Australia mm. then. Um, and we had a big sort of supper in, um, I think, whose house was it? It wasn't uh, any, I think, I think it was, was it Jeff's house? They lived in Mount Eden. Uh, was it one of the Chuns lived there? Was it mm. Mike? I forget who's, I think it was maybe Mike's house. And, um, you know, they wanted to, um, Oh, I had, had my violin, so I played a little bit of a solo bark or something, mm, mm. Uh, and then time for a change, and I couldn't remember. I, I, <laughs> all I remember about that is it had the most um, counterintuitive, the chord changes, mm. I'd completely forgotten, 
they, they twist and turn and they, it's never what you expect mm. um, what a song though oh right. yes and I did it with um, I didn't, don't know if you know when Phil uh, when, when Tim came mm. uh, later in ah now Oscar in fact the guy Pat Collins who I'm staying with up in um, mm. in uh, Porirua northern end of Porirua um, he's a mate of my middle son Oscar uh, Tim said come and uh, you know I'm doing a solo tour come and do time for a change mm. I said God if we're going to do that I want to do it properly um, so I learnt I got a, a beginning of the beginning of the ends is mm. it on there's mm. a compilation I think mm. I, I got hold of a CD and I just went took myself down to the shed the studio I call it Catherine calls it the shed at the bottom <laughs> of the garden and just went over and over and I learnt the chord got all the chord changes mm. and I made I just couldn't remember what the hell I'd done in the old days because I didn't want to yeah. I thought I was just faking it because um, uh, really to improvise you've got to know what chord's coming sure um, and I'm I'm trying to do a bit of you mentioned it earlier um, gypsy jazz yeah I went on a course and me and George younger son mm. he's a bloody whiz at it god <laughs> Having three three boys who can just they don't do notes well they do both yeah but um, they couldn't be bothered with the dots on the page for a lot oh for a long time that's my I phone can, yeah you, you can, can edit to, that out yeah yeah forget that I don't know what that is ignore <laughs> it I've got this um, um, fake this little it's just for phone calls oh, yeah. really yeah. Um, uh, so gypsy jazz oh yes Tim. Visited. We'll get back to the seventy to the first mm. if uh, as and when uh, soon. Um, but yeah, so I so then I said to Tim, well, I'd have to do it properly, uh, and I did, but it was completely different. Mm. Um, and Oscar came down with his mates, and they just loved it, mm. and the audience loved it. So I don't know what it was. It, you know, Tim, he was on keys and. He, um, his uh, Brett was playing guitar. Oh yeah, yeah, Brett uh, Adams. Yeah, um, and it was the same structure. He sang it, and then it was violin solo. Mm. Uh, and I don't know what the hell I did, but I worked <laughs> something out. And for the first time, with split ends, albeit just with um, Tim. Yeah. Um, I I thought, well, I'm, at last, I'm doing it properly. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed I can it. be a little bit proud of what I'm doing. <laughs> I am improvising shit, at last. Shit, that version must be amazing if you think it's okay. Because <laughs> the, the, the stuff you did with the ends that you don't like is pretty great. Oh, so. God, it's, God, it's very flattering of you to say. Um, but, well, ask, ask Oscar, ask Pat mm. Collins. And, mm. um, but uh, they said, uh, they said that was just amazing. I don't know what Tim made of it, because, you know, mm. hat, or hats off to him... Because uh, I don't know if he was expecting me to recreate yeah. what I played, but yeah. that was the last. If he didn't say, yeah. but um, if he'd said just play it like, because Wally, I think he he um, when they did this recording yes. song, he tried to emulate what I played, but I, it was never recorded. Mm. that I used to do. I think we did it more than once, mm -hmm. and thank God there's no <laughs> there's no recording of it. Um, <laughs> so one day I should listen to. To Wally's. Yeah. And just, uh, it'd be interesting to hear that. Yeah. Uh, but, um, now here's a thought. 
uh, I don't know if this is out of turn to say it. And you have to edit this out okay. if it's a secret. Okay. But Phil wants to do it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does he? Did he say? No, nah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which uh, and he wants to get Mike. Yeah. In on bass because I mm. think they get on very well. Mm. Mike hasn't uh, doesn't harbour any. Mm-mm. Um, has, hasn't got any Mm-mm. grudges or anything. Mm. Mike's terrific, mm. and I think he has a lot of respect for for Phil. So who knows? And I said to Phil when I left him on this occasion, look. I'm just loving doing this. My mum's getting older. Mm. I'll probably come back before too long. Yeah, yeah. So, and I'll make sure I'll You're factor in circuit. Melbourne for mm. even longer than a week and mm. uh, and we'll have a good little mm. go. Mm, mm. So who knows? Mm. It's not over yet. Yeah. Well, it's amazing to me um, that you have kept those friendships up and and you speak to them musically as well as personally so you know you did some wonderful playing on Tim's album The Conversation thank you and and it's a wonderful album like I think it's yeah. I, I like a lot of Tim's albums but I really yeah. think it's a standout it's, yes and that was an interesting lineup because Eddie's involved in that yeah and um I mean, you know, you connected with Eddie in, in England, but Eddie well, was, but not really. Not like much, Eddie, no. no, that's what I mean. And you, that, so that's that's when you and Eddie what really properly first yeah. played together, yeah. God, which is funny. Guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, you know I remember, being, I said, well, you know, when we were chilling out <laughs> at the end of a day or something, <laughs> I said, well, you know, what's your background? <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, you know, what a genius at the keyboard. He yes, was. yeah. Just such natural flair, yeah, and fearlessness, yeah, just fantastic. Yeah, I, I mean, I was amazed talking to him that um, he wasn't any sort of child prodigy. Yeah, I just assumed, you know, like you just—he's such a musical force, yeah. particularly. I think maybe the more Split Ends goes on, like you know, in the nineteen eighties, he's really dominant. Yeah. as a musical voice within the band yeah. and as an arranger oh uh, yeah you know and uh, so I just sort of had this vision of him being like playing chopsticks at 18 months and you know <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> everything um, from there but yeah. like he was a bit of a late bloomer yes yeah which amazed me yeah yeah, no, yeah. it was great getting to know him and Brett yeah. you know he's, yeah. he's very dedicated to good terrific musician all yeah around. fantastic guitar player yeah um, very sort of laid back. He, yeah. you know, he doesn't sort of push him quite out there. Quite, um, quite different to the usual lead guitarist yes. psyche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I can see why Tim appreciates him. Mm. Uh, yeah, and that album. I think Tim's made it very clear he wanted it to be. Uh, I think it arise, arose from uh, the title of it um, from um, a quote from. Because Tim reads a lot of uh, mm. background, you know, history, mm. history, and I think it was a Schumann quotation quote. Um, uh, how music, playing, playing music together, should mm. be like a conversation. How how did you get involved in that record though? Like, well, how did it happen? Tim he approached me and said, "Look, I've got this idea, mm. uh, and I'd love you to be part of it." Mm. Uh, and I thought. Terrific, and so he sent me the rough tracks, mm. um, and so I started thinking about them, 
in um, in the in a way. Okay, I, I don't know what we'll find out what my input's going to be. Mm. I think we had a month, mm. and I'm not used to that at all. Um, I think it was as long as, long as a month, um, and so I started thinking about oh maybe this will work. Maybe a long. What's this song about? Because I'm a bit of a I'm a bit nerdy, a bit fussy. I think well. The song's about something, so the music has to reflect what the words mm. are. Mm. Um, so I get a bit sort of anal about that, I suppose. Um, uh, and I had a few ideas, and we got into the studio. That was extraordinary. Um, landed about quite late at night, 10 o'clock, 10.30. Tim was there. Yeah, Mangaray. Mm. Mangaray. Mm. Say, mm. Not really learning how to pronounce Maori correctly. Um, um, cast through customs, uh, Australian passport. Baggage was fantastic. Mm. Um, and we were sitting having a cup of tea th- three quarters of an hour later in Devonport. <laughs> <laughs> it was fantastic. Mm. And blow me down. Um, uh, I, it was just tea because I think they're quite pure. Well, they do drink a bit, but mm, don't think they're mm. quite pure livers mm. of them. Um, and uh, I slept well, and the next day we, I was awake, we got up, we were down in the studio at 9, 10, and we had we worked through till 7. Mm. And I felt absolutely fine, I didn't have mm. any jet lag at all. But it was straight in, all right, let's put something down. Mm. I, I thought, flip an egg. <laughs> um, I wanted. I just want to get used to this because I, you know, mm. I wasn't too. I, I was still writing. You know, I had to have patterns. I had to have dots. Mm. Um, and so it was that discomfort, and I. It was hard work. I found it very hard work, because um, it's, um, and that, that part of the brain, the musical brain, that reads dots, and the part that does it through the ear yeah it's they're so different yeah but there's they're not that different and somehow yeah yeah um, and that's very hard I'm sort well, of they're, discovering they're, they're trying to achieve the same thing but yes. in different ways yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and and I feel like I was saying earlier very envious and um, awestruck I suppose in awe of people like my lads who just do it from they mm. just learn it they um but the more they do it the better they are learning where the bridge is where the you know next new chord changes and all that sort of thing um and if it deviates a bit from that they can pick it up and uh, you know tim and phil do this by instinct and it's just there and i mm. find it really hard i'm so terrified of screwing up and doing a second verse instead or doing the chorus instead of the bridge or, um, and just messing up like that but they sort of don't care and that's uh, it's a bit I, I find it hampers me <laughs> mm. um, so it took a while to get used to that we did um, yeah but all these ideas that I had um, were not what um, <laughs> what Tim had in mind <laughs> so that there's a wonderful song about all that oh there's a lot of wonderful songs on there but is it the saw in the tree oh the saw yeah, yes yeah, I love that yes yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wonderful because that. I mean, that in particular, and I guess there's a couple of others, but they. 
they're somehow both like Tim at his purest. Yeah. And then really quite an anomaly, like almost not like what you would expect from Tim at all. Yeah. You know? And I guess it's that that combination of things, which is what he was looking for, like having, you know, yourself involved. It does go right back to the earliest split. His, his, his contribution to the earliest split ends. Yeah. You know, it really does. But it's filtered through, I guess, the stuff that he'd done since. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. Mm. Um, and it's such a different way of working. I'm yeah. used to doing things in big takes. Yes. And that takes a bit of getting used to it, like with Tim. Um, and it's a how a lot of... Um, I, who was it? Um, was it Sting? When Sting, one of the you know one of those guys over mm. there, I think it was Sting, did an album. He just booked the musicians for like not just one month, like for mm. six months, mm. <laughs> maybe four. I don't know, maybe three, uh, but a huge period. And that's how they work. Yeah, you, start, you go. If in you have Sting's bank blank. balance, it's a little easier to do that. Yeah, you know, <laughs> isn't it? To... I suppose so. <laughs> but it's um. It's like, well, we start with a, a sort of blank label. Mm. Uh, and that's, that's how Phil, Phil works. Just, um, and so we tend to do it in, in sections. And he has this picture of what the song's like in his head. Uh, and he mm. knows where it's all fitting in. Mm. And it's, um, it's a bit uncomfortable working like that. I've got to sort of yeah, take yeah. a while to adjust. Well, so how do you get... I mean, OK, so you, you, you see the guys in England... And then you stay in touch with them, obviously, um, all up. But are there periods where you're not in touch with them for a long, long yeah. time? I assume there are. Yeah. I mean, Phil kind of quits music for quite some time, for example. Yeah. You know, he's out of the out of the loop for, you know, a large part of the, well, for the 90s and, and, and parts in the 80s. And then he's doing his soundtrack stuff. And, yes. Yes, I've I missed all that. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the swingers and... Yeah. Um, the, Schnell Finster. Yes. Yeah. 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 Then I feel a bit like I'm letting the side down that <laughs> I didn't follow all that. And so how, how, does it in, how does it come to be that you play on his last couple of records? Um, now, how... I think... I think it might be Facebook. Yeah, right. So you reconnect through that. Yeah. Just gradually, little yeah. bits. Um, um, uh, what, um, what's the uh, um, the song that uh, Mike's adopted for Play It Strange? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He got yes. in touch uh, and I was listening to Play It Strange. Which album is that on? Uh, Play It Strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, the album's called Play It Strange. That's right, because yeah. it's a it's an old split end sort of yes. demo yeah. live thing, and then Phil ends up putting out an album called Play It Strange yeah. and recording like a take of it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. He um, wanted, I think maybe th- was it through? He'll probably remember. Mm. I bloody my mind just can't. <laughs> but I, you know, I listened to the song. I thought, oh God, yeah. He asked. He said. Look, I like you know I've got doing some new songs mm. for a new album um, and he sent me Play It Strange and he said we could do it you know have a session by remote mm. Um, mm. Uh, you know if you can set up um, whatever it was and that, that was a while ago now it's much easier to do it uh, mm. um, by Skype or by whatever it is and I didn't he had a Mac and a, you know, it was not te- I wasn't quite technologically 
can't, you know. Yeah. Uh, um, but it didn't feel right. But I, I'm, I'm still somewhere I've got, I've jotted it down, you know, as I have to do. <laughs> Put it up, wrote out the dots a bit, so these yeah. empty bars, and I started yeah. to figure out, well, what does he want? And I came to a bit of a brick wall, because um, um, I thought, well, will he like that? Um, we need to be reacting. We can't, you know, it's not going to work uh, like playing something to the back to this track, sending it back. Mm. That's not going to work. The time difference is going to make it a bit difficult because mm. he's got, he works best at certain, and I think at that time, certain hours of the day. Mm. Um, um, and so, it, you know, I tried and I thought, oh, God. And in the end, I said, look, this is, I don't think it's going to work like this. Um, I'm just going to have to come and see you, come mm. out, because mm. I'm planning a trip to New Zealand. Um, and by then, it was too far down the line. He wanted to, I think that's, he wanted to get the album out. Mm -hmm. And so that didn't happen. And I heard, it took me to um, listen to that song just the other day. Uh, and I thought, oh, God, yeah. And I can hear where he wanted the violin to be. You mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. um, I thought, oh, what a pity that didn't work. Mm -hmm. But I think because, on the strength of that, I said, look, I'm going to come out and um, we'll do something. Mm -hmm. And so... We didn't. He had, and that was the next album. Unique. Was that just? Was that unique? Was that yeah. the next one? Yeah. After Play It Strange. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and th we did three. I think there were three songs: mm, Bugger mm. Nugs and um, uh, uh Oh. Mm. And that was fantastic. We had. It's a good record. Oh, it's a good, really good oh, album. Oh, we there. had a good. That's when yeah. things really sort of. Mm. Um, oh, it was a great reconnection. Mm. Um, and. Uh, it was a really good sort of gelling and um, no f no fear. I didn't feel, I was feeling much more comfortable, mm. um, even though we were just doing it little sort of chunk by chunk. Mm. And sometimes, you know, it would get a bit frustrating because I wasn't understanding, couldn't put into violinistic um, language what he was obviously hearing. Mm. Um, but we got there. Uh, and it, yeah, it's, I'm very happy with that. Mm, mm. Yeah, no, it's a great, it's a great. I mean, it's amazing to think that you can rekindle some version of what was obviously there in yeah. 1973. Oh, it's, it's just what, whatever put you guys together in 1973 is there in very different ways on. The conversation, which yeah. was what two thousand and eight, yeah, and it's there on yeah unique and 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 your and your kind of reconnection in general with Phil, it's amazing. Yeah, and I hope to catch up with Tim when I, next week in Auckland. Hope mm. he's around because um, maybe because I was a bit like I probably intimated um, a bit uneasy the way that. Yeah. Was. I didn't feel comfortable then, yeah. but now I'm sort of more comfortable with the way yeah. they both work. Yeah, well, yeah. They have different ways of working yes. somewhat. Yeah. Um, and um, uh, yeah, it'd be lovely to have another go at the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Feeling, oh well, it is possible. Um, it's interesting that you're really the only person that's 
they've both reached out to. Yeah. And you've, you know, it's, I mean, I, I would think, I mean, in, in my world as a person who's listened to Splittings my entire life, I just think you must be, that's a privileged thing and you must be, as I'm finding out through this conversation, not only a great musician, but a very decent person for them to, you know, to both want that energy yeah. and, yeah. Well, maybe that's that, what that thing that they appreciated at our first meeting, mm. those early, early days mm. that I brought something, yeah, a, um, a way of thinking about music, perhaps, mm. a way mm. of um, expressing what the language of music, what music represents. It's power, or I don't know. Mm. Sounds a bit wanky. No, 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 no. But I mean, they when they worked together, and you were in the band with them in the early days, they were often described by people as being, um, you know, super confident. They yeah, they knew what they wanted to do, right? Too right. And I guess Gosh, you know maybe you're a feather in their cap, you know, your background, your yeah. ability with music as a technician, because yeah. neither of them were. In a different in, way. Yeah, that's right, yeah. like in, in the traditional learned sense. Yeah. Maybe that just gave them something extra in their back pocket because yeah. they, you know, I've had it described to me from, you know, past members of the band and other listeners and, and, and even from Phil himself I mean, they they were building a, a, a pretty unique world of music and they were pretty confident. Yeah. Oh, they you were, know? their confidence just, it was um, yeah. oozing. Yeah, instant, instant and yeah. oozing. Yeah. And Paul, um, you know, Paul Crowther, who played drums for a couple of years, he told me he was, you know, he had watched, I mean, he probably watched the band when you were in it. Oh, yeah. Because he, he said he remembers the earliest days of the band. Oh. And he said he was in awe of Split Ends as a band. Yeah. Way, I think Eddie was the connection yeah. for him to have a rehearsal or whatever. Oh, yeah. um, he replaced Jeff Chun. Um, but, but you know, he he kind of describes joining his favourite band. Gosh. You know? And, and I said to him, what was it like meeting Tim and Phil? And he said, I, I thought they were, it was like meeting rock stars. Yeah. You know? They had that aura. Yeah. Which is amazing. Oh, yes, they did. They had stars in their eyes, you know. That yeah, 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 them. yeah. They really had had the faith and the passion. Mm. Mm. Do you think about it all, uh, you know, you sort of talked a little bit about it, but do you think, uh, given the conversation we're having, I guess, too, do you ever think about what, what might have happened if you stayed with the band? <laughs> Because it would seem like no, <laughs> given everything yeah. you've gone on to do, and what your life, how your life's been. But then, just talking about you reconnecting with them both separately, and then this whole conversation we're having. If I would stayed with them, oh, would that have mm. just directed them down a different route? Yeah, and well, it certainly would have. Certainly would have for you. Yeah. Right. But would yeah. my influence have been such that? <laughs> The other guys, mm. not all the other guys would have joined because mm. mm. there was my bit of the chemistry. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. The and what was the equation. shelf? And what was the shelf life around that? Yeah, you know? yeah. So, yeah. I, well, <clears throat> do I wonder? Uh, 
I, I suppose, no, I think I didn't, I thought I couldn't really commit. Mm. Um, mm. I didn't have enough to give mm. of the sort that they needed mm. because I had this fake, you know, feeling that I was <laughs> couldn't really justify my well, not only that, as a sort you, of fiddle player. But not only that, you had, as we've been hearing, like you had a passion for another kind of music as yeah. well. Yeah. You and know, I it's all music at the end of the day. Like it's all, you know, and I, I sometimes think there, there's far too much of a... I'll be interested to see what you think, but I, I think there's often been far too much of a divide made around the idea of the classical world versus popular music. Yeah, yes, of course. It becomes alienating and on both sides of the fence. Yeah. There's sort of a snobbery and or a... Feeling of inadequacy, like yeah, like elitism. I, yeah, elitism. Um, I'm not. I'm not yeah. educated enough. Yeah, sad um, to say. But yeah, yeah. No, there is that. But I think it's sort of from uh, going back to that question. Mm. For mm. me, it was ha um, having confidence, um, and it's taken long enough for me to feel confident in what I'm the world I'm in. Mm. Um, but uh, I don't think I could have ever would have taken ages. And I'm only in terms of Phil. And Tim, mm. only, and Phil more than Tim, because Tim and I, I only had that reconnection mm. a while ago, mm. and that may be just, and my, I suppose my experiences since then with Phil has made me gain, feel, well, I could, and I feel much more confident about mm. musically bonding with Phil. Yes. Um, uh, increasingly so, mm. and mm. so if you know Tim had another uh, idea, then maybe it's like losing the shackles, mm. the classical shackles, or whatever you know that um, what I felt were shackles, mm. Mm. Uh, and having the confidence to to adapt to accept that language that you can, method of working you can more freely move between the two worlds now it well seems. It's, yes mm. yeah mm. Mm. We've, we've there's so much more we could talk about in terms of highlights and things you've done in your classical career because we really only got towards the 1980s but um, do you want to talk through a little bit that's happened since then to now and or you know where you're at with it. What you know, I mean, how long are you going to keep playing for? Oh goodness, forever. When the, when the fingers you give up. You know? Yeah, um, until the phone stops ringing. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's this fun. It's lovely, and every year is a bit different. Mm. The um, you know, the, in terms of the period, uh, that's I'm sort of I still do do a lot of that and love what I'm doing. Mm. Um, but that's changed an awful lot, and there you know there are younger people. Mm. Um. In fact, you know, whatever gig I'm doing, there are younger people around. But I love doing chamber music, and um, it's becoming, I suppose, the most important, the most one of the important things at my stage of life is just because it's taken all this time to understand the music mm. that I love and why it's such a strong language. And I particularly love Beethoven and Mozart and Haydn. Um, because they were just utter geniuses and at a fantastic time of mm. human endeavour and, hum and evolution and social change and all that. Um, 
and I'm continually astounded by what they achieved in just a few decades. Um, and so what I just love doing with, is with friends um, rehearsing and performing chamber music from that period, so mm. Haydn quartets, Beethoven quartets or piano quartets and um, whatever. Uh, and that gives me an awful lot of pleasure. It's not, you know, I've, and this confident, I've never been a hugely confident performer. Um, uh, and I've never been in, you know, a big sort of, it's another world, the field of an international superstar. Mm. It's never been remotely on the cards for me. Uh, and where do you, where do you draw the line? Um, Beethoven symphonies, fantastic. I love being in an orchestra playing that or Mar a Mahler symphony. Um, but it's, uh, it, for me, um, it's become increasingly more uh, important, I think, to share what I've learned through all my experience with, um, with audiences mm. um, and share my love and try and help get them to understand how potent uh, music can be. Mm. But it's not just with people like Tim and Phil. Mm, mm. It's a different audience. Mm. And some people can't stand a Haydn quartet and some people can't stand a song by Phil Judd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, my career now, <clears throat> my life now, um, not only... yeah. It doesn't pay much, these chamber music concerts, and it's for small audiences, fairly local, but uh, but amongst us we're building up little local dedicated mm. uh, followers, and it's fantastic. It keeps uh, We're very happy doing it, and maybe trying to build on it um, still, because uh, it's important, I think, local, you know, local communities. Um, there are lots of little choirs, local, very good choirs. I fix band, fix an orchestra for them. Um, um, small small operas uh, play in a um, group called Opera Brava who put on traditional operas Mozart and um, Puccini small scale it's quite hard work because um, mm. you're exposed it's very mm. hard hard stuff with piano and scaled down forces um, and that's in the summer open air it's just lovely mm. people come and picnic and just enjoy a, an opera um, with a bit of wine um, mm. in the open air, it's fantastic. Mm. So uh, yeah, so I'm sort of winding down my career, but cranking it up a, a little bit. Um, gypsy jazz mm. uh, went on a. Did I, did I talk about that earlier? With George, uh, we went on a course uh, at my um, the encouragement of my brother-in-law. Mm. Um, he's been going to this for a while. A guy called um, Tim Cliphouse. Uh, classically trained, who got into gypsy jazz a long time mm. ago, mm. and he runs this um, uh, gypsy jazz camp in uh, near Amersfoort uh, in Holland. And we went last, and it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah I'm just at the bottom of the heap, just. But it's learning chord changes, learning the songs, and just learning to improvise. And that, and the idea behind that is learn new skills. Yeah, get um, away from the printed page. Yeah, 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 and have a, I guess, a professional hobby in your retirement, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just another 
another another string to your bow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, just another layer uh, to, to put the obvious music. pan in place. Yes. Yeah, 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 yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, and so we're going again on on this. It's it's well, it's not daunting because um, mm. you know I'm never going to be to to be really good, and they're fantastic. Gosh, this the tutors concert last year was phenomenal. Mm. It was two hours plus, two and a half hours of top-rate mm. musicians playing that style of music. Unbelievable. But, you know, you said you said until the phone stops ringing or until my fingers give out. Yeah. And I was thinking when you said that, you know, one of the greatest concerts I ever, ever saw was being about, I guess I was about 22 or three, and I saw Stefan Grappelli, oh. and he was you know, 90 or nearly, you know, it was very close to when he died. Yeah. I, I have a feeling he died a few months, you know, after that. But what a player. Oh. And, you know, they he was wheeled out onto the stage, wow. you know, and played the whole show in wheelchair. In wheelchair. Oh. When they took the violin off him at one point, he looked lost. Oh. And they, and then the person who took the violin off him made the made the gesture now you're going to play the piano now and then they wheel the guitarist wheeled him over to the grand piano and he just as soon as he got there it was like i'm home again and just played beautiful you know someday my prince will come and beautiful jazz standards for 15 minutes on the piano and then the oh, bass solo oh yeah just solo and then the bass player and the guitarist came back onto the stage because it was just three of them amazing and spun him back around had him a violin and he was off again and it's like you know he was you know because he was still able to do it like his hands still worked yeah that's what was probably keeping him alive oh, <laughs> you know and it was yeah. just wonderful how amazing mm. oh he had he's got such a warmth of spirit and mm. his playing just exudes warmth and mm. uh, love of um, those songs mm, mm. and he did that thing of I mean you know he wasn't really a classical player at all but yeah. but he touched on that world enough you know like he could move towards that yeah. and, and you know his work with Yehudi Menuhin yes you know like there was a bridge yeah thing going on yeah yeah and um, uh, Nigel Kennedy, mm. Uh, mm. who I have a lot of respect for. Yeah. Um, crossover. That yes. Cross, yeah. He does lots of crossover jazz. Mm. Um, mm. And yeah, for Vivaldi, the Four Seasons, he's sort of jazzed that well, up a bit. Well, you know, he he uh, he was a pretty polarizing character, but he he what he sort of shone the light on your instrument, really, yes. like for. for for, for a, a whole generation, Absolutely. for a long time, you know. Yeah, people. I mean, I remember the I remember the campaign behind that Four Seasons album, and it was it was like the must buy purchase yeah. that people who didn't normally buy classic or listen to classical music it was an entry for a lot of an entry point Absolutely. for a lot yeah. of people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I I quite agree. Mm. People, you know, it's, it can be a bit sort of rough at the edges sometimes. Sure. Um, but he's inspired so many youngsters mm, mm. and not so young people. Mm. Uh, I think he's. I've got a lot of time for him. All right. So he. I think it's a bit of a facade. He's a boy from Dagenham, but mm. he was quite. He only adopted as um, uh, his sort of cockney. He taught quite posh apparently when he was at the menu school. Right. Yeah. But, um, I, don't, I don't care. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's one of the lads, and mm. why not? Mm, um, mm. 
he, I think he's a great guy. Mm. One of the great things I get to do doing this podcast is meet people who I might have some some understanding of and connection of as it is with you. I've listened to your playing and not, and not just your playing with Split Ends. Um, I've listened to some of your classical playing and we've talked online. I feel like we've only just met. I feel like we could yeah. talk all night. We could. Um, is, there, is there anything you want to, to put across or that you wish I brought up before we before we wrap this uh, this version gosh, of our conversation um, up? I don't think there is. I, I'm, it's gone better than I could have would have ever hoped. Oh, I'm good. <laughs> good. So, uh, no, we've covered. You know, it's yeah. great. You've stared at just you know following the split ends thread, mm. and we've focused on some things. You know, um, that had sort of left me feeling a bit uncomfortable. You know, the, mm. the split when mm. I left, and the reasons I left, and and you know how I that relationship to their style of music, mm. uh, them as a duo, you know, as a founding duo, yes. but then them as two separate entities. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I don't. It's it's been really interesting, uh, and I feel I don't, I don't think I should add anything. Who's going to listen to it? What's your audience? <laughs> um, who's uh, any? Hints, any tips for young players? Mm. <laughs> tips for young musicians, budding mm. musicians. They were asking these wonderful lads at Wellington College um, uh, how to write a song, um, uh, write a successful song and market, uh, mm. put it out there. And I said, well, just love what you're doing mm. and just plug away. Just, <laughs> just do it. Get up. Just do it. Right. Play it, play it to the friends, um, write it, share it with somebody else, get somebody else involved, write another one, uh, listen, ask somebody whose opinion you respect, um, change it, be prepared to change it, but just keep plugging away because it can be a long, take a long time. Mm. Um, but there's still, you can't, you know, you don't stop. You know, Phil, he's just, and Tim, but. Mm. He's just, they're just keeping going. They're still, still the sparks there. Yeah, yeah. And um, well, I think just plugging, just keep plugging away, is about the best advice you can yeah. give anyone about just about anything. Yeah. You know, really. And you're never too old. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, you know, I'm, I'm, we're all still learning mm. such a lot. There's such a lot to learn mm. still. Um, all right. In the in the music business, people these days like the like the young the youngsters mm. along. But they, you know, us oldies, <laughs> we've got a lot, a lot of sense, a lot of wisdom yeah. to impart. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, we, we're still getting pleasure out of mm. what life has given us um, and learning from it and benefiting from it. Writing letters to my friends, telling them all about split ends, watching flowers hit the floor, why can't I see there's so much more? Ready of another, it's all the same to me, brother. You never know these days, mother. I might still be your lover. Nothing else is so obscene as coffee beans and smoke machines. Take a daughter for a ride. Let her know you're on her side
Sunday treat and rigor mortis meat. We should never found your feet. Sniffing toe jam's really neat. Writing letters to my friends, telling them all about spaghetti. 